You're listening to Once, episode 29, Listener Feedback and Theories. Welcome back to Once Podcast, the podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Jenny. And joining us as a special guest in studio is... Winnie. And Winnie, where are you from? I'm from Belgium. So you've come all the way over here just for our podcast. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's why I went to San Francisco to be on the Once Podcast. (laughs) Even though we're not in San Francisco, we're in Cincinnati. But... uh, Dan is out traveling, and Winnie happened to be in town visiting with friends, and we're friends too, so it's great to have you on the podcast with us, Winnie. It's great to be here. Cue the monkeys. (laughs) Yeah, the monkeys. I I don't have the monkeys, so (laughs) that'll do instead. We're in a bit of a downer right now, Oh, because there hasn't been a Once Upon a Time episode in the last few days i think i i feel the withdrawal i think i'm gonna start shaking soon it's coffee <laughs> <laughs> well not just the coffee so we are approaching this from a feedback perspective and sharing more theories and li- sharing your theories and ideas and discussing some things we've noticed rewatching some of these episodes and during this hiatus and we're going to do this again next week as well we'll have one more episode before the next last few episodes of Once Upon a Time air. But please be sure to check out the website over at oncepodcast.com where you can subscribe to the podcast. Please leave some ratings and reviews in iTunes if that's how you found us. Or even if you have iTunes, that'd be great to leave some ratings and reviews there. (laughs) And also you can join our extremely active forums over at (laughs) oncepodcast.com slash forums. There are some incredible conversations going on in there. Fortuna in the chat room says, is Dan looking for lemurs, perhaps? <laughs> That's right. Perhaps. Yeah. He is searching um, Nepal. Nepal. Yeah. <laughs> He'll call us someday and say, sorry, no lemurs here, mate. He's just going to come home and say Emma is his lemur. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> nope. Yeah, that, that could work for him. But you know who have been our lemurs for this episode? Some wonderful people who have sponsored this episode of one's podcast michael mitaski oh my if they're sponsoring you should try to get the names right you know i had this (laughs) it says michelle oh yeah michelle okay so it was michelle sponsored this not michael (laughs) michelle met Matuchewski. Why don't we let Winnie read the last Matuch- name too? Yeah. Michelle Matuchewski. Hey, thank you. That was great. And also, You're welcome. And also, Rumpel Gold fan is sponsoring this episode. Sandra is sponsoring this episode. And our bandwidth for this month of April is provided by Christian Meets World. It's a weekly podcast dedicated to interfacing Christianity with the world. It's hosted by Jason Rennie, and he explores discussions about politics, worldview, philosophy, and more, all comparing to a biblical worldview. You can get the podcast and join the conversation over at christianmeetsworld.com. That's the Christian Meets World podcast over at christianmeetsworld.com. 
Thank you, everyone, for your sponsorship. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, you can go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor to find out exactly how you can do that. So let's get into this. We've got a bunch of feedback to go through, and we're not going to get through everything that we have so much in the backlog of emails and messages. But let's start out with someone else's voice. This is from Anna in Germany, sent this in about the community of Once Upon a Time. Hey, everybody. This is Anna-Sophie from the True Beauty Podcast. I just wanted to call in and leave some feedback. I am not really into theories and all of that. That's not my strong point. But I just wanted to say how much I enjoy that there is, again, this feeling that we had with Lost and with the community. And I really am excited that Once Upon a Time is, you know, doing similar things. And, you know, you can guess and there are podcasts out there, which I love. And I just feel like there's this community again that was a bit lost after Lost ended. And so thank you so much for your wonderful podcast. I really love it. And I, you know, can't wait for Mondays when I can listen and then Wednesdays again. And I hope this that this hiatus will be over very, very quick and we can <laughs> get new episodes to talk about. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for sending in that voicemail feedback, Thank Anna. Thank you. That was great. And yeah. I love her accent. <laughs> <laughs> Says the girl from Belgium. <laughs> we love all your accents. Yeah. We need, uh, there's this other guy that calls in several of the other uh, Once Upon a Time podcasts who also has a great Australian <laughs> or, uh, accent. And we need him to call in to hear too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's so much community around Once Upon a Time. It's really cool. I haven't seen this around a TV show since Lost. We know we know Anna and Winnie, I guess we know you kind of because of Lost, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because of Lost and the podcast that Cliff we and Stephanie. We met at the premiere party for season six. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Over at gspn.tv, they did the Lost podcast and... Yeah, and we are we are seeing our community building up around Once Upon a Time. It's exciting. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, I know there have been other communities around other shows and other podcasts, but not so many as Lost. I think Lost was the hugest mm-hmm. show on TV uh-huh. as far <laughs> as building just... community and <laughs> theories <laughs> and stuff. But then now Once Upon a Time, and there are uh, five podcasts in iTunes for Once Upon a Time. And check them all out. Just search iTunes for Once Upon a Time podcast and you can check out each of them and see what you think and pick your favorites. Hopefully, we're your favorite. If so, leave a rating and review on iTunes. Oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. <laughs> if not, still leave a rating and review. We love honesty. <laughs> but I'm I'm looking forward to how the community is going to grow even more. I see in the chat room whenever we record our live episodes which we do every wednesday at 8 30 p.m eastern time that's gmt minus four currently because of eastern daylight time or if you uh, see the live episode on sunday eastern slash central viewing time we record our initial reactions 30 minutes afterward but after we record the podcast people are hanging out in the chat room for hours <laughs> still chatting away like 
I've been up until two or three a.m. in the morning working Oof. on show notes or editing a podcast or had some problem that made me have to stay up that late. No lie, really. <laughs> <laughs> I should there, join when I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there were still people there chatting about theories and discussing things. It's awesome to see that. And every now and then, because the chat room is up all the time over at noodle.mx slash live, every now and then I see some people are in there chatting. And that's that's totally awesome. You're totally welcome to do that. But thank you, Anna, for sending in that feedback. Also, we've got an email here from Diana. And this sheds some light on the whole Peter Pan copyright incident, which giving some background to this, I've been really skeptical of this, despite official word, because I've I've gone through Music Academy and have been trained on copyright laws. And there's this thing in the U.S., unless it's been changed since I went through school, that 75 years after an author's death, the copyright is released in its public domain. That's for works after 1926 or 27, or maybe it's now 1932, something like that. And Peter Pan was released before then. So I was wondering, how in the world is this still a copyright issue? I think the family can extend the copyrights. Well, work. that's the thing. It's it kind of depends. Yeah, mm. some of it. And the thing, though, I wasn't even thinking about this. Okay, stupid American here. I was <laughs> thinking American copyright laws. Peter Pan is not copyrighted with American copyright laws. So Diane wrote in this email to clarify it, and really grateful for this email from Diana. She says, "Hello, I just started listening to the podcast, and I had heard some of heard some of you express confusion over Peter Pan's copyright." I have a friend who is a performer who, or a perfumer, <laughs> yeah, perfumer oh. who makes and sells perfume inspired by folklore, folklore and literary works. And I have learned a little about copyright law through her. While Daniel is correct that U.S. copyright law only protects works of fiction for 70 years after the death of the author, Peter Pan's copyright is more complicated than other works for two different reasons. First, the British Parliament passed legislation in 1988 that extended some of the Great Ormond Street Hospital's rights to collect royalties on Peter Pan into perpetuity. I can't speak tonight. <laughs> uh, so that, that hospital, by the way, is the one who owns the copyright to Peter Pan. I'm not sure how much, if at all, those rights can be enforced outside of the U.K., but it is likely something that must be considered if Once Upon a Time is distributed outside of the United States. Second, the Gray Ormond Street Hospital claims that the particulars of U.S. copyright law grant them rights to Peter Pan until 2023, though whether or not their claim is legally sound has been a subject of debate for almost 10 years. Since all recent challenges to unauthorized use of Peter Pan have been settled out of court, we have haven't seen a legal decision that would definitively declare whether or not the play should be considered public domain. Hope this information helps. Diana. Yes, Diana, that helps a ton. Thank you so much for sending that in. So why does a hospital have the right? It, Maybe it was donated to them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Places do that. Sometimes they donate um, intellectual property to an organization or a charity, and then that organization can reap the royalties from it. So it's a way of supporting them. 
financially. Well, how steep are the royalties? Because regardless of who has the rights, I would think that ABC would just plop down the money if they really wanted to use the story. Royalties are expensive. Yeah. yeah. And mm. it's not always just a dollar amount. It still comes down. You have to get permission. Interesting. So, it, and it, it could come down to a dollar amount. And that's why, like Diana said, most uses of Peter Pan have been settled outside of court or uh, particular exceptions and settlements. But that's for certain situations. So, uh, I think we'll eventually see it. I'd love to eventually see Peter Pan, and I'm sure we mm. will someday see Peter Pan in Once Upon a Time. I think I'll escape in chat room is right. ABC owns a lot of things. They will probably use that before using copyrighted <laughs> oh, yeah. works. And there are so many fairy tales out there, and especially the new collection of fairy tales discovered in Germany, which we have a link to that somewhere in our forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. But uh, so many fairy tales to pull from. So they don't have to only use the most popular ones. But even of the most popular, there are a lot. They could use uh, fairy tales that aren't known in the States that are just... For example, in Belgium, we have fairy tales that aren't known here in the States because they're local to our country. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. And I think that could be cool because we'll see fairy tales from different cultures mm-hmm. and be introduced to them and people will be like, wow, I I never knew about this fairy tale or all of this. Jeremy, would you read the next email? Yes, this is from Michael. He says, I have an interesting theory. What if Emma becomes the mayor at the end of the season? For some reason, that would seem to be the next logical thing to happen if they, quote, get Regina. Definitely would make for an interesting storyline. Hmm. It is It is a good question if they can prove that Regina set someone up for murder or, I mean, obviously, where we left off, pretty obviously there wasn't a murder. So if they can prove that Regina was framing Mary Margaret, shouldn't there be consequences? Maybe under the curse there wouldn't be. Well, can they prove it? Hmm. that's the thing that she doesn't really have any evidence yeah she could just say i've just been a proponent for my friend Catherine this whole time and that's why she's been so much against mary margaret the shovel was the big evidence i guess although well yeah it'd be mary margaret's word against regina's about the whole i know you didn't kill her thing right while squeezing her cheeks like a baby (laughs) (laughs) But uh, if they were to be able to prove it somehow, I don't know if it would end up that Emma would be the mayor unless somehow that's what Gold is working on. Hmm. Do you do you think there's something else beyond Sheriff for Emma? I mean, for probably not for this season. We could probably assume that. But what about next season? Where do you think Emma's character might be going next season? Jenny, Winnie, Jeremy, any thoughts? I think Sheriff is good for Emma. Yeah. I'm not sure. Because she was a bounty hunter before. Mm -hmm. So Sheriff seems like a natural position for her. Mm -hmm. It gives her access to the town. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long Regina would let her stay in that position if they really start a major war. Yeah. But somebody else mentioned, and I wish I could remember who, but somebody thought, well, what if Mr. Gold becomes the mayor instead? 
Maybe that's what he's working on. I can see Regina living in the town and not being mayor because the curse is starting to falter. Hmm. But Mr. Gold being mayor would allow Emma to to remain sheriff because he's not going to fire her if they're sort of working together. Maybe that's the favor he's going to call in at some point. Hmm. Hmm. Something that Emma will do to help him be mayor. Oh, yeah, because she still owes him that favor for Cinderella. That's yeah. going to be big. For the baby, anyway. <laughs> yep. Hmm. And you consider he owns the town. They say that, that he owns the town. Mm-hmm. And if he became mayor, he would control the town. Do you think he'd become the new villain of Storybrooke? He could. That's the thing. They could set this up either way. To have Regina the big villain of this season and then have them beat Regina and then new villain for next season? I don't think they're going to beat Regina this season. Mm -mm. I don't think so. I I, kind of want to think they will. Because because they just found some really incriminating evidence against her. So I'm wanting to think that She's going to get caught, and she's going to be thrown out of office. I think the last couple episodes, in particular, are going to be pretty spectacular. Oh, yeah. Four some, episodes left. Some big moves in this war that has started. Um, I'm expecting a very big cliffhanger at the end of the oh, season. Yeah, you know they're going to do it. I'm expecting someone to die. No! (laughs) The next episode will air on April 22nd, and then four episodes left, including that one. No breaks. But then we're going to have the long summer hiatus, which is going to be torture. Probably until the end of September. Hopefully they bring it back in September. And not, like, January. (laughs) It's too popular to wait until January. They did it to Lost. Hmm. Not the first seasons. That's true. That's true. It was shorter seasons that were shorter later. We also got a voicemail in from Belle, and she called in (laughs) to clarify something about uh, giving us some conclusive evidence of who the Queen of Hearts is or isn't. Now, there isn't any spoiler information in this, but... You might consider this a spoiler if you're still trying to guess who the Queen of Hearts is or isn't, and you don't want to know who the actors and actress, or rather the actresses' names oh. are. So if you don't want to hear that, then just skip ahead uh, a couple minutes or so. <laughs> Since you, anyway. <laughs> so here's this voicemail from Belle. Hey, this is Belle calling you guys again. How are you? I wanted to call because I've been hearing so many theories going around about the identity of the Queen of Hearts from Hat Trick on Once Upon a Time and could it be Cora or could it be Regina's sister or whatnot. And there's a really kind of, I think, um, irrefutable piece of evidence that nobody seems to be bringing up. Um, I think sometimes in our desire to not want to cause spoilers, we don't talk about really obvious pieces of evidence. But if you go to IMDb and you look up the full cast and crew for Hat Trick, there's an actress named Jennifer Koenig, I think you pronounce her name, um, K-O-E-N-I-G, um, who is credited as playing the Red the Queen of Hearts, who obviously is not Cora, um, is not Regina, <laughs> um, is not a lot of the people who there have been theories about. 
And so I just thought that somebody should post that and mention it because there is a completely separate actress that's credited with playing the role. And so to, to my knowledge, that means that it is not Cora, who's the queen of hearts, um, or other people. It's a new person and a new character. So just thought that I would come and share that. Um, you can follow my page on Facebook. I'm at bell slash Miss French. And I hope you guys are having a good day. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you very much for calling in, Belle. We really appreciate that. And yeah, that information was freely available to show who played it. Now, in our chat room, they're suggesting that maybe the actress was just a placeholder, but that's she's a regular actress, and they don't get actual regular actresses usually to well, just be placeholders. When you say regular actress, what do you mean? Well, that she's she acts in other things, too. Okay. But... It's, yeah, I think that's conclusive evidence that Cora is not the Queen of Hearts unless they want to show that she went through some major transformation of body and now she's someone else. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that Cora couldn't be the sister to Queen of Hearts or Queen of Hearts might be in some way related to Regina. That's still open. Well, okay. I'm just going to throw this out there and no offense to Jennifer Koenig, but her filmography from what I'm seeing is not that extensive. So, and I'm not sure that they would hire now, maybe if they're going to use her extensively later on, I'm not sure they would hire uh, perhaps a highly paid actress to have her face covered and her voice unheard. That's true. And that that does bring up a really good point. Maybe that's why they covered her face, is we didn't want to see it's not actually Barbara Hershey who plays Cora. You know, there could be other explanations for this. It could be that Barbara Hershey was not available yet, mm-hmm. and, or that they just wanted to throw us off the trail if we started looking at the credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we're right back where we started. Exactly. That, yes, we know the actresses aren't the same, but that... Not necessarily conclusive. Because, Speaking of not being yeah, the same. Yeah, Jenny, go ahead with I, what you noticed. The other day, I pulled some screenshots from a website that I've been using called Storybook.net. And um, I was getting all excited because I thought the lady from the hospital, who we thought was the Queen of Hearts. The woman in the basement yeah, the that we saw in, in Skin Deep. Yeah. Um, I thought she looked a lot like Cora. So I was pulling those screenshots and I was comparing them and I brought them down. And I was like, look, they look so alike, but they're not the same person. Yeah, which that could be another thing, kind of like Jeremy was talking about. Maybe they picked Barbara Hershey and whoever played the woman, the nurse in the basement of the hospital. Maybe they picked them because they look alike and maybe they are supposed to be the same characters they just hadn't cast cora back then yeah i don't know they're doing a great job of confusing us (laughs) 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 let's talk about another character that is everyone's favorite character to theorize about right now august i love august (laughs) A, a while back before we even knew his name i started a question thread in the forums at oncepodcast.com slash forums. And I asked, who is the stranger? And I had a little poll in there and people could vote for different options. 
And that thread, I think, is the most popular with people still <laughs> talking a whole lot. I think it's 15 or 20 pages of people theorizing about who the stranger is, who August really is. I need to go change my vote. <laughs> I've changed my mind. <laughs> well, Jeremy, who do you think August is? Well, with the caveat that he may be multiple options, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still kind of going with Pinocchio. Okay. Winnie, why don't you tell us what, who do you think he is? I was um, watching the episode this morning and I was thinking he was grown-up Henry. Grown-up Henry, really? Yeah. Going with the future yeah. idea. <laughs> Jenny? I want to think that he's Pinocchio with his little shin sprints. Sprints. Splints. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking for Dan, Dan thinks that August is Mary Balefire. Poppins. Oh. <laughs> Balefire. Um, <laughs> which is Rumpelstiltskin's son. Now, I think something differently. And I've been I've been kind of holding on to this theory for a little while, but I'm going to finally say it because someone gave some great list here that supports my theory of who I think Pinocchio or who I think uh, <laughs> who I think August is. I think August is the Wizard of Oz. Because, uh, well, several reasons. Let me just read this email from Jim because, where he because, lists. Because, 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 because. <laughs> Jim said this in. Jim said, the stranger is the Wizard of Oz. Uh, I guess he's so conclusive about that. Hints. Number one, Kansas license plates. Mm. Do you remember that? The yes, first time I we saw it. talking about Kansas, it. Kansas, of all places. Not, not Massachusetts, huh. which we'd expect and to see. And he ballooned out of there. He ballooned out of out of Oz, so he wouldn't have been there during the curse. <gasps> I love this theory already. <laughs> he ballooned. He did. You guys don't remember that? You're talking about the Wizard of Oz, not August. The I'm Wizard the... of Oz ballooned yeah. out of Oz. He did. But where did he end up? He ended up in Oz. Huh. In Kansas. In our chat room, uh, yeah. uh user by the name of puzzled appropriately named uh-huh. says walt disney is from kansas that could also be but this thing this thing was a dream though like the whole story was a dream huh um, i just blew a hole in that theory well doesn't mean that that's the way they're going to approach it for yeah. this but then he goes on so number one was kansas license plates number two fixing a vehicle when child comes by child warns child of storm coming remember the second episode when we saw August, he was in front of the mayor's house fixing his right. motorcycle, and then Henry came by. He said, "Storm's coming." Okay, so there was a storm. What is that sort of Wizard like of the beginning of Wizard of Oz? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a that's twister. Not, that's not the wizard who predicts it. They all get caught in the twister. Oh yeah. wait, wait. Professor Marvel is the yes. wizard. Wait, oh, yeah. which remember? He mentions yeah. this. He mentions this again in a he, moment. He said, Professor "Storm's Marvel. coming to Dorothy." And he said, hurry home. Number That's three, uh, he can come and go from fairy tale land to real world as the Wizard of Oz did in the books. Now, this one, I'm, I would debate this one. We don't know yet if any character can go back and forth between fairy tale land and real world. August needs a balloon. <laughs> he just needs a balloon. I'm going to say that awesome. I don't think any character can go back and forth. No. Between the worlds. 
No. Then? Yeah. What's there to go back oh. to? Right. Even in um, this fairy tale world, still exists. That's the thing is that it seems like it doesn't. It seems like fairy tale world is the past and Storybrooke is the present. Right. Exactly. So this would mean time travel and story travel. Don't forget the wormhole. <laughs> oh, I still my think it's the wormhole. Oh my goodness. In the mines under Storybrooke. Number <laughs> number four. Name. August means wise. Wayne as in, uh, is also Wayne W. I in as in wheel and booth a wise man with a booth on wheels professor professor marvel slight stretch yeah i think it's a slight stretch and no offense number five and his last hint here is he says the green door in the mad hatter's door room has o and z now how did we not see that i didn't see it it yeah i i wasn't looking for writing on the doors i was just looking at the colors of them but it is there and a lot of other people have noticed it too so okay was a z in gold uh i don't remember well i don't doubt that they're hinting strongly at addressing the wizard of Oz. exactly they've shown flying monkeys in the book from day one hmm. so i mean it's possible doesn't mean that august is the wizard he could also be the tin man yeah but the wizard, <laughs> some people have said the wizard of oz was old but he keeps august keeps saying that he can't mm. lie that's got nothing to do with the wizard because he lies that's true he does he's yeah. the man behind the curtain Science, it can all change what's more a lie than but that <laughs> then again consider a story writer is the man behind the curtain they're the ones manipulating a story and telling us things to make us believe something and to see something in our minds. And they're like behind the scenes writing this story for us. It's That's a little bit of a stretch too. So my idea is that, or not my idea. <laughs> I agree with Jim's, most of Jim's hints here that I'm thinking the stranger is the Wizard of Oz or one of the, uh, that's one of his personalities is the Wizard of Oz, which could also mean Maybe he was the one who made Red's um, cape thing, hmm. her cloak, that prevented Red from transforming her to the hood? wolf. Yeah, the hood. <laughs> okay. Red's riding hood? Yeah, but there's a number of wizards that she could have gotten that from. Merlin, others. The Wizard of Oz isn't a wizard. He can't do anything. That's true. Oh. He gave them like things and made them believe that they had courage and a brain and a yeah. heart that's true like he wasn't magical he just he malipin <laughs> manipulated their minds <laughs> that's true but Sorry. we'll we'll see and i think we're going to see this season who it is and i'm for now i'm gonna say wizard of oz i really have to think about this because they're Really, there are so many great theories out there and great evidence on a whole bunch of different sides of who he is. But I wonder even what I've been leaning on up until now is that he's going to be someone that we haven't thought of yet. We we know he's not Regina's former love interest. <laughs> we We know certain other characters he's not. But 
We'll see. What if he's Willy Wonka? <laughs> <laughs> and why are you saying Willy Wonka? Because when he just said it in the chat room. No, Tim Duxon. Yeah, someone she was, can't wait to see Willy Wonka and Oopaloopas. Someone in our Duxon chat room pointed out. It. He did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Someone in our chat room pointed out that uh, the producers have said that one of the doors in the Mad Hatter's room or door room was the glass elevator. Awesome. Which is from Charlie and the Chocolate That's Factory. Awesome. I love those stories. I said that, didn't I? Oompa. I think I said that. I don't Did know you? if I said it in the recording, but I said it. Now, that could be just a nod to Charlie and the Chocolate yeah. Factory. It doesn't necessarily mean that any character is from there. But then again, Charlie, or uh, Willy Wonka, kind of lied, too. Maybe, Charlie's maybe a little not. kid. He could be Henry. <laughs> okay, let's keep going with this. You'd need a Grandpa Joe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a Grandma Georgina. Mm-hmm. And a Grandma Josephine. And a Grandpa something else. <laughs> Joseph? I can't remember. I oh, know. I read the books in Dutch. <laughs> Derek sent in an email helping us realize something about the size of fairy tale land. Because it's bigger than we might have realized. And this is great to review this. Now that we've seen all of these episodes, 18 episodes so far, that we've seen, and we've met several kings, and Derek points this out. He says, keep this in mind. King George was not in power in the same portion of the kingdom as Regina, or by extension, Regina's husband, King Leopold. It can be assumed that they were at least that there were at least three making fairy tale land even larger than we may have expected. King George, King Midas, King Charles. Do you know who that is? Nope. Was he Alan? No. Alan Dale? No, th- uh, that was uh, King George was Alan oh. Dale's character. Uh, King Charles was Prince Thomas's father. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I forgot about him because when I, I, the first time I read this, I thought King Charles, who is King Charles? And then I remembered that. And then, and he says, Snow and Charming's marriage and the power that came with it could be the result of the riches and power left to Snow. So, by the way, it's King George, King Midas, King Charles, and I would say King Leopold. Right. Should be in that list too. So, four different kingdoms we know of. He continues. Regina could be an outcast king, or outcast queen. (laughs) She retains the title and her family's money, but the real rule goes to Snow. Didn't seem like her family had a lot of money. Who? Regina's family? Yeah. Because her mother was, what did um, they say? Well, her mother came from hard times, but she was the dollar, the dollar. She was the daughter of a miller. I want to think Henry was, Henry Sr., was a prince because okay. in the mm-hmm. in the original story he was a prince and he was greedy and that's why he asked Regina to spin no 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 Cora to spin straw to gold and they did have a nice estate there uh, Henry and Cora had that nice estate yeah. and Cora had said all of the deals I had to make to keep our family out of poverty mm-hmm. and they've got a nice enough place that we figured out probably the king or at least the king daughter snow stayed there at the place so she's got some power but he he makes a great point here by saying that she retains the title 
and her family's money, but the real rule goes to Snow. And this is the way it works with actual kingdoms today, too. I think it was Father Roderick in the uh, Secrets of Once Upon a Time podcast was talking about how kingdoms work today, where... I live in a kingdom. Oh, well, you, I didn't realize that. <laughs> Winnie. We have a king. <laughs> you, you tell us, how does it work? How is it passed on generationally? Um, when the king dies, it goes to his son. They changed the law recently in Belgium, so now it goes to his son or his daughter. The queen, mm-hmm. we have a like a queen mom now. She was married to the previous king, but she, she still has the title of queen, but she has no power. Okay, interesting. So it goes to the children. Okay. Why doesn't she have any power? She she didn't have any power when she was queen. No. <laughs> She's just Queen Fabiola. So so that's more support to this that the actual rule of the kingdom would go to Snow, not to Regina, unless Snow is gone. Well, in the case of um in Belgium, mm-hmm. if there were no children, but the king had married. That happened with our last king. He didn't have any children. And then the kingdom went to his brother. So no, it didn't really? go to his wife, the queen. It went to his brother. Interesting. So if you want to become a king or queen, marrying someone actually isn't the way to do it. No. <laughs> you have to be born into the family. Ah, so figure out how to be born. In. <laughs> And Derek continues in his email. He says, given the rules of the earthly time equivalent, marriage doesn't automatically make you king or queen. Regina or Snow must marry, then a coronation is held. This could partially explain the line for the queen of hearts about Regina not being a real queen. The father of James probably lived because by James marrying Snow, his struggling kingdom could still be saved. They may not have Midas-like riches, but they do have the money. Everything connects. And I think that's a great theory there. Because we still have to learn what it was that allowed Snow and James to get married. Because now we know since since King George's character, his person is now in Storybrooke mm-hmm. as the district attorney. We know he didn't die in Fairy Tale Land. not quite as dead as we would have hoped. If I may quote another Disney production, we'll likely never see in Once Upon a Time. Emperor's New Group. Can I just say oh. something? I haven't seen that one. Um, about about um, Henry Sr. I think he's a prince because Cora, actually Regina had said that Cora wanted her to move up yeah. Instead of um, marrying a stable boy. So if Cora wanted her to move up, King was the only thing she could move up to because know. Cora had married a prince. I so, don't think, I, I think he was nobility, but not a prince. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't look like he's a prince, but the story said she married okay. a prince. They don't see, he doesn't seem like a prince. He doesn't act like a prince. He doesn't act like the selfish person in the story. So, I don't know how they're going to explain that. They've changed the stories around, so it won't surprise me either way. I just wanted to make that known because people in the chat room were kind of arguing back and forth about that. Just wanted to mention that. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) So, we've got a lot of things still to see. A lot of 
ends that aren't tied together yet. Stuff like the apple and how did Snow and James get to marry and some of these other storylines that have yet fit in. And on the timeline, which we've got over at oncepodcast.com slash timeline, we're still not completely certain of the placement of Hat Trick. That episode confuses us the most. Why? Because of Henry. That Henry had to be retrieved from Wonderland. Okay. But the Queen's castle was black. Okay. And she was dressing in black. So it was after the Huntsman Snow White deal and sometime before the curse. Right. But a lot of other things happened between then, too. Like, there was the whole apple scene. Is this before after the apple? Uh, the, The enchanted apple putting Snow White to sleep. There's also uh, the events of the episode with Hansel and Gretel. We don't know how that comes in. I'm thinking that comes before Hat Trick. Because remember in Hansel and Gretel, Regina completely didn't understand the thing about you never abandon family. It was like foreign to her. And then mm. in Hat Trick... I don't know if I thought it was foreign as much mm. as she just had never had it. Yeah. Well... I think she was just bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Bitter. Yeah. And and I'm thinking, though, Hansel and Gretel happens before Hat Trick. Because in Hat Trick, then her whole goal for going to Wonderland is to get her family. Mm-hmm. Meaning her father. Mm. That's an interesting thought. Mm. But that's not conclusive. It's just some some ideas there that's our feedback so far for this episode that we're going to share and we'd love to hear your other feedback and we've got more stuff to share so come back next week again but you can send us more feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com you can attach an audio file to that as well just try and keep your feedback short enough so that it's easy to fit in the podcast you can also call in to 903-231-2221 or go to oncepodcast.com and click the send a voice message tab or link there. And you can send something there right from their website and record it from your computer and send it that way. And you can also go to the website and get some of the show notes that we mentioned tonight over at oncepodcast.com slash 29. Now, a couple other things to talk about are, well, season two. We are so eager to hear an announcement about season two. It hasn't come yet. Mm, no. And there have been talk, there has been talk about titles that have appeared on IMDb. Three different titles for the first three episodes of season two. Those are not real titles. The production crew have not come up with titles yet. The production crew actually helped correct uh, one person who had spread those titles initially, and then the production crew said, no, those those aren't actual titles. We haven't scripted those episodes yet. So we, if you see episode titles for season two, they're not real. That's why I quickly changed the forums to remove mm-hmm. the episode titles. But you can still jump on the forums and theorize about season two. So we don't know yet for certain whether it will be renewed. Most likely it will be. It's be- a hit. Yeah, huge <laughs> hit for ABC. So we can guarantee it will be, well, not guarantee, but we're quite certain it will be renewed. But we don't know yet what 
season two will be about. Any theories from you guys? As long as we brought it up. I've had theories in the past, but they've started to perhaps not look quite as certain. I used to say that the curse would be broken or partially broken by the end of season one. I'm not really certain of that anymore. But we may see the storytelling device change. Yeah. We may not simply shift between storybook, storybook present day and fairy tale land of the past. There's still that oddity of storybook taking place a few years in the past relative to us. Mm-hmm. They may jump ahead in Storybrooke for some reason, skip something and then tell us that story. Like show us a few years down the road in Storybrooke and then go back and tell us how we got there. And Kitsis and Horowitz came from the writing team of Lost. So they have a lot of experience with these really creative ways of telling a story mm-hmm. in a couple different timelines. So they could they could easily pull from their experience what we've already seen them pulling from their experience Mm -hmm. for once upon a time. So they could pull that and approach this in different ways. Like you're saying there, we could see something like season two is then back in fairy tale land after the curse Mm -hmm. or, or whatever. A lot depends on how season one ends. Speaking of lost though, Jenny has been rewatching or watching for the first time, all of lost and she's now in season five And I was watching an episode with her and I noticed something, uh, caught a line from it that made me think immediately of Once Upon a Time. In Lost, I won't give too much of the context, but in Lost, there's a scene where Locke is speaking and I don't remember who he's talking to, but Locke said that he needs his pain. It makes him who he is. (laughs) which is like almost verbatim for what dreamy said in fact when jenny and i were watching it i just completed his sentence and he and said i'm grumpy (laughs) 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 which (laughs) maybe Locke was grumpy but it was a cool thing i'm not gonna say that when they used that in dreamy it was a nod to lost because that's something that's a common enough concept but it was cool to hear it almost verbatim from Lost in uh, that was season five, episode four. I don't have the title in front of me, but you can look that up if you want to see that. Anything else to discuss in this episode before we close? Hmm. Not for me. Please join us again next week, Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's GMT minus four over at noodle.mx slash live. And we've got chat room over there. And we've got so many people in the chat room right now. A bunch of people in there. And I'm just going to shout out to them real quick. We've got in there Dachshund, Ailey Escape, Princess Emma, Lady K, Lissy, Boom, Rose is Dancing for Christ, Fortuna, Nate, or Nat, Puzzled, and Goltheria, <laughs> Goltheria <laughs> and a few anonymouses in there. And of course, we're all in the chat room as well. So please follow each of us on Twitter. First of all, follow the show on twitter.com slash once podcast. And you can follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. And by the way, I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at twitter.com slash That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. 
And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny's Nook. I'm Winnie, and you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Nevothwen. And that's N-E-V-R-O-T-H-W-E-N. Thank you for spelling that. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow our friend and co-host Dan Flynn at twitter.com slash Dan Flynn Design. And please make sure that you check out the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 29. Join the forums and discuss in there. We've got over 5,000 posts over there at oncepodcast.com slash forums. And please remember to send us your feedback. Feedback at oncepodcast.com or 903-231-2221. Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts over at noodle.mx. This episode of Once Podcast was also sponsored by Christian Meets World. Please check them out over at christianmeetsworld.com. Subscribe to the podcast, read the blog posts, and more over at christianmeetsworld.com.